Hospital and Cancer Church. And I'm going to speak a little bit for a while, and then Phil is going to come and share some stuff as well. So, last week I talked about how we were moving into this new year with strength and with courage, and we looked at the commissioning of Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, and God lays out a vision of the future land that Joshua is going to lead the people to possess. And God kind of paints a picture in their minds of this area of land that is going to be theirs. And he he doesn't give them all the little details about how they're going to get there and what's going to happen next Tuesday and all of that kind of thing. But he gives them a promise that it's him that will bring the plans to come to pass and that he will be with them on this journey. And in verse 9, he said to Joshua, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so we've called this Vision Sunday across both locations, and we're going to talk about the vision that we have for Encounter Church. So why do we need to do that? Why do we need a vision? Why can't we just tootle on week by week and just see what happens? How do we know that the vision that we have is what God wants for us. So I want to begin by kind of setting the scene and answering those questions. So firstly, what what is a vision? Now, when we talk about visions, you might have this idea that someone's been in a trance and there's been some kind of heavenly picture that has been given to them. And sometimes people do have visions in that way, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about this idea, this sort of picture of what this what the church could look like, what's the future of what our church could look like, what could our church become like. And there's a verse in Proverbs, in in an old Bible translation, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. You might have heard that if you've been around church a while. And if you you read that in a really up-to-date paraphrase called The Message, it says this, if people can't see what God is doing, They stumble all over themselves, which is a strange sort of picture, isn't it? What it's saying is if if there's no direction, if there's no picture of what the future might look like, people can get all a bit all over the place. There's no kind of direction. It's a bit like if you go and do some archery, um, you you aim at a target, don't you? If there's no target, what are you going to hit? You know, you go all over the place. And that's a little bit what it is like. So what it's saying is that it's good to have an idea in mind, something to aim for, some kind of goal, some kind of direction and clarity for what you're doing. And for us as church leaders, we believe it's good to seek God for this kind of vision or this idea of what we want the church to be like, so that we've got something to aim at, something to move towards, something that says, this is the kind of church that we are and the kind of church that we're becoming and so we would seek God in prayer we read his word we we discover how did the early church operate how did early Christians do church we seek guidance and wisdom we talk to each other as leaders and say you know what what's God saying to you what do you think and we come to a place where we sense where we're going what God is doing and that becomes our church's vision And that's what we want to share with you today. What kind of church are we becoming? Are we already and are we becoming? 
So the first thing, and we call these kind of our values, if you like, we want to become a church where people encounter Jesus, both as individuals and in a church group setting. Now, you might notice that our church is called Encounter Church. And there's a reason. Because at some point, before me and before Phil's time, actually, the leaders of the church got together and they really sensed this value about people encountering Jesus. There's no point in coming to church and gathering and all of this if we don't have an encounter with Jesus. If Jesus isn't in the midst, if the spirit isn't at work, if there's no encounter, kind of what's the point? We're just gathering as people and that's a nice thing to do, but the encounter is really important. And I like the fact that the church is called that, Encounter Church. We want to be a church that encounters Jesus. Let me read some words from John 20, 19 to 23. And this little account took place after Jesus had died and was risen. And it says that on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So this was after Jesus had died and risen from the dead. So here was a group of people, Jesus' followers, who have just been through the most traumatic experience. Can you imagine? You've, you've lived with this man, Jesus. He's been your friend. You've, you know, you've met him every day. You've chatted. You've been through experiences together. And then after all of this time, you see him be executed in front of you. They actually, you know, he was this friend. It wasn't just a friend. It wasn't just a mate, great as that was. He was the person that they had pinned their hopes and dreams on. He, if you like, was their vision for this greater future. And he was gone. And there were some rumours that he'd come back to life. Some of them had seen him, some of them hadn't. Was it all just wishful thinking? And on top of that, they were scared the Jewish leaders had been instrumental in the death of Jesus, did the same fate await them as well. Then they have an encounter. He comes and joins them, stands in the middle, shows them his scars, and look, yeah, it's really me. This is really me. I am really Jesus. And what does he say? He says, peace be with you. Jesus understands what they need. He knows they need that calmness in their spirit. He knows that they need that anxiety to drain away. Have you ever been anxious and then you realise what you were anxious about wasn't a thing? And that sense of, yeah? The heart rate to drop, the butterflies to go, the tension to be eased away. And Jesus knows that it's in his presence that is the only solution. He can't stay with them forever, but he leaves the Holy Spirit to be their guide and their counsellor. And you know, people are not different today. We're still people. 
we still need that peace that passes understanding. They still need to know, and we still need to know, that there is someone that holds it all together. And the good news is that the presence of Jesus is still available through the Holy Spirit today, but people need to encounter him. And it is so important that our church is a place where people can encounter Jesus. Yes, they can encounter Jesus on their own in all sorts of places, and that happens. But God's plan for humanity is to use the church, which isn't a, you know, building. The church is you, and the church is me. The church is individuals. And he uses us to bring the love and light of Jesus to people. We don't invite people to church just because we think they might like to enjoy the singing and we have nice biscuits at the end, good as that is. But we invite them to be part of us so that they can also encounter mm. Jesus to give them peace mm. and hope and love in a world that is challenging. So part of our vision is to be a church where people encounter Jesus. So how do we do that? We do it by making sure that we regularly encounter him through our own worship, our prayer, our devotional lives, so that the light of Jesus can shine brightly through each one of us. So we want to be a church where people can encounter Jesus. Secondly, we want to become a church where people grow in faith. You know, when we become a follower of Jesus, we become a disciple. And a disciple actually is a learner. So have you ever been a learner? Have you ever learned to drive? <coughs> learned to swim? Yeah? Neither of those experiences actually I remember with great joy, to be honest. But anyway, we got there, I can swim and I can drive. But being a disciple of Jesus is a lifelong learning experience. We never stop. There's always something new to discover. If you're a fairly new Christian, don't ever think, oh, well, it, you know, I don't really know very much. Of course you don't know very much, but that's okay because you've got the rest of your life to learn and to grow. But we're not talking about just head knowledge here. Do you, anybody ever watch the TV show Pointless? <laughs> or The Chase? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why you'd watch something called Pointless, <laughs> but I do as well because it's just a particular time of day it's on. There are so many people who cram their minds with loads of pieces of mainly useless information. Although if you're ever going on Pointless, I'd say learn about the periodic table, the, um, tubes, the stations on the tube in London. And as many capital cities as you can get in your head, and you, you'll be well, you'll be okay. <laughs> but useless information, really. Um, Phil's wife, Wendy's a science teacher, so if she could see it, she'd probably disagree with me on the usefulness of the periodic table. But I think that you probably don't need to know that. You know, I went to meet a friend once. Um, I don't know if you've ever done a pub quiz, but I, I went to meet a friend once, and we, we went into this pub just for a drink and a chat. And we realised there was a quiz going on. So she said, shall we, shall we enter it? And I said, oh, go on then, let's enter it. There was only two of us, so we were a very small team. We entered this quiz, and guess what? No, we won. We won. The two of us won. I got one of the questions right, and she did all of the rest. 
Yeah, I got one, she got the rest. <laughs> she took the prize home, it was only fair. She's never invited me again, that's why. <laughs> but you know, when we talk about growing in faith, we're not talking about head knowledge yeah. alone. Some head knowledge is useful, but we're talking about being changed from the inside out. We're talking about becoming more loving, more patient, kinder, more peaceful, less angry, less jealous. These changes only take place through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's not about, you know, you could be a Christian for 40 years and cram your head with all the information that you possibly can. And there is value in that. I'm not downgrading that. But if it doesn't change you as a person, it's stuck up here and it needs to be here, if you know what I mean. It needs to drop a foot from your head into your being. You know, the Holy Spirit can change an irreligious person into a fully devoted follower of Jesus. I don't know if you've ever met anybody who said, I was a total, complete atheist, I did not want to know, but now I'm a fully devoted follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit can do that, and we've seen him do that. But all of us are on that journey somewhere. Some of us might say, well, I'm a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Some of you might say, well, I'm, I'm fairly new to this, but I'm kind of getting there. Some of you might say, well, actually, at the moment, I'm, I'm not really sure, but I'm still thinking about it. I'm still learning, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm all those things. But it's a journey, and that's okay. We're all on it somewhere together. But it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. So how do we, then, if it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work, how do we be a church where, you know, people grow in faith if it's the Holy Spirit that does it? Well, as a church, what we can do is we can ensure that we are healthy because healthy things grow, don't they? Yeah? yeah? If your house plants are healthy, they'll grow. And if they don't, they won't. Unless it's plastic ones, which, um, yeah, they, they tend to work better in our house. Anyway. Healthy things grow. And if the church is healthy, it will grow. And when we say grow, we mean that each one of us will grow to be more like Jesus. And Phil is going to talk a bit later about some of the specific things that we're doing in 2023 to help to create environments for growth. So we want to be a church where people encounter Jesus. We want to be a church where people can grow in faith. Thirdly, we want to be a church that makes a difference to people outside Going back to the reading from John in verse 21, it says, Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The disciples were commissioned, and we are also as Christians commissioned with a purpose and a job to do. God has placed us specifically in the heart of Weedy Castle here. You know, our regional leader, who um, is Phil's boss, came over to see me this week just to talk about something. And uh, he remarked as he drove down Winnicastle Road and into the square and said, this church, the position is amazing. He says it's one of the best positions in terms of local community in Elim. Mm. So there you go, there's a badge we can claim, isn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he said, because look, if you take the kids to the nursery, you walk past. If you go to the doctors, mm -hmm. you walk past. If you get off the bus, 
Well, wait for the bus. You're right outside. Obviously, it's not about buildings, but God is interested in our physical location. And this church has been here on this site for 76 years, which I think is longer than any of us have been around. That's uh, maybe one or two. 76 years. The, this actual building has been on this site for 50 years in March. Yeah. I think that deserves a cake, but we'll come to that in March. You know? But why? Because there are people, there are people around this place that need Jesus. There are people who need to hear the gospel. And you know, if this church ever just becomes about looking after those of us who are already here, then we have missed some of the point. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't look after people who are already here because we absolutely should and we do. But it's got to be both. We've got to look inside at looking after each other, caring for each other. That's really important. But we have got to look also beyond our boundaries to the people who need Christ. Would the people of Wheelie Castle notice if we closed? Would the people of Wheelie Castle care if we closed? We need to be a church that makes a difference so that people would notice. And yes, they would care, not that we intend to close. Not so that we can say, hey, aren't we a great church? But we want to see the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We want to bring a little bit of heaven to Wheelie Castle. Mm, yeah, yeah. Now that's a picture to get excited about, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Just imagine if this place was just a little bit of heaven in the middle of Wheelie Castle. And you know we already are doing in some impact on our local community through different things, through warm spaces. We're seeing people from the local community come in on a Thursday every week and chatting to each other and nobody's standing up preaching the gospel but we are sharing the love of Christ with those people mm. in that environment it's very it's kind of low-key it's people can come in and just feel relaxed and you know feel warmer and, um, and just talk to people have some community with one another and it's that can be the beginning sometimes of someone's journey to faith also with limitless youth as well Pretty much most, if not all, of the kids who come to Limitless Youth aren't church kids, but they're kids who are, he are hearing a gospel message and a message about, about God during that time. And Safe Families, we partner with Safe Families, which is a charity that um, works across the nation, supporting families who are struggling. And, you know, we have nine people in this church, we're only a small church, but nine people who support uh, safe families, either as family friends or hosts or prayer partners. And if you're one of those nine, then thank you because you're making a difference. We are supporting 10 families at the moment from this church who don't know Christ, who are, you know, struggling in many ways. 10 families, including 26 children. And I actually totted up all these different things. And I reckon that even now as a church, we're having an impact on about 70 people through our different connections, which is amazing, you know, that we haven't got 70 people in the church. <coughs> so to be connecting with 70 people around that outside mm. is just amazing. And we want that to continue. We want to make a difference. God has commissioned us to, to do that. So we want to be a church where people encounter Jesus. We want to be a church where people can grow in faith. We want to be a church that makes a difference to those outside. And finally... Finally, before we get filled, that is, this is me finally. We want to be a church where community is built. So much of the lives of early Christians 
and the early church was lived in community. Excuse me. The Bible often says that the disciples were together. In the New Testament, the phrase one another is used 53 times. There's no such thing as an isolated Christian who sits at home and goes, well, I love Jesus, but I don't do church. You know, the only exception to that would be in the case of persecution, and that would be the case then and, and still now. Sadly, there are Christians in the world who have to be Christians on their own. But that is an exceptional circumstance. You know, God has called us to be together, to be a body. Ephesians 4.15, it says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Mm-hmm. So the Bible uses a few metaphors for the church, and here is the one of the body. Think about your body. It's got all sorts of different parts. You've got eyes, you've got ears, feet, appendixes. Some of you might not. Sorry, bad example. Most of us, we started off with one anyway. You know, we've got all these parts of our bodies and they're all different, but they all work together to make one body. And you know, if one bit of your body doesn't work properly, It affects everything, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. If you wake up in the morning and you've got a banging headache, it affects the whole body. It doesn't just affect your head. You don't just go, well, you know what, I'll just leave my head in bed today. The rest of me will get up. Some people who have regular headaches are like, that would be wonderful to be able to do. But we can't. You know, and as a body, as we are a body, so we have to help each other and we have to work together in harmony so that the church works. 1 Peter 2 says this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Here's another analogy, a building. A building, foundations. Bricks, windows, plasterwork, doors, heating, a roof, guttering, drainage. What happens if one of these parts fail? It impacts the rest. If the roof fails, the rain comes in. The foundations fail, it can all start collapsing around your ears. And again, the Bible talks about us, church, being a community of people, working together well. Why? so that people can come and find a place to encounter Jesus. You see, all of these values work together. They're not isolated. They can come and find a place. They can grow in faith. So how do we build this community? We build it by being together, worshipping together, chatting together, and the cup of tea and the biscuit later on. That's important too, getting to know each other, doing life together. Dealing with conflict well and in a godly way. That's a source point sometimes, isn't it? But I've been in churches in the past where there's been a bit of a fallout with somebody. So they sit this side of the church and the other person sits that side and they never meet in the middle. 
and that's the church not working properly. You know, we have, that doesn't mean that no one will ever have a crossword or there won't ever be any tension because we're human beings. But there are godly, biblical ways of dealing with these things so that that doesn't happen. So that when we do have issues, we deal with them in a godly way. So, before Phil comes, one final recap. We want to be a church where people encounter Jesus. We want to be a church where people can grow in faith. We want to be a church that makes a difference to those outside. And we want to be a church where community is built. Over to Phil. <clears throat> Thanks, Rachel. Wonderful. Well, it's great to be with you this morning. It's not going to be a second sermon, so um, read easily. <laughs> Your caffeine intake has been low this morning, don't worry. It's coming soon. Um, but it is great to be with you. We assigned this particular Sunday at the start of the year. Um, Vision Sunday at both locations, so I'll be dashing off pretty soon uh, to Sunny Oak. I don't know about you, whether you reflect from the year before and look ahead, but uh, sometimes in the new year we do things that are a little bit intentional, don't we? So um, this year I'm kind of later adopter of technology. So Wendy bought me a Fitbit this year. Oh. And uh, she's got a really posh one. There's this 50 quid one of mine. So there we go. But that's to record steps. And the good thing is I've learned that. When you clap in church, it records a step, <laughs> yeah. which is really good. And when you tap, it records a step. So over this next year, if I'm coming to preach and I'm walking around the front a little bit more, you know I need to get my steps up for that particular week, so just a bit more. But we do things that are a little bit intentional. And um, last week, I believe it was last week, that you heard the New Year message from Chris Cartwright. Mm -hmm. I'm writing that, outlining some of the uh, passions that we have as a whole movement and it's great that Chris is going to come and speak the, mm -hmm. the national leader the boss of all bosses he's going to be coming to uh, speak here in November and at Oak, so we're looking forward to that but as Rachel said we have three kind of mission statements um, that encompass some of what it means to be a Christian and be a church to encounter Jesus raise disciples and release missionaries and within the account that Rachel used, and we'll use that study over this encounter that the disciples had with the Lord Jesus. He breathed under the Holy Spirit, so the work of the Holy Spirit is so important within all of this. And Rachel rightly said, and I'm going to mention this uh, at study as well, this, this idea of building community, what we do together is so important. And in the passage, it's interesting that, that Rachel read uh, the disciples on that this very first church service in the New Testament, he says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, they had this encounter with the Lord Jesus. And even if you go further, I said I wasn't going to preach, even if you go a little bit further on the day of Pentecost, it says this, when on the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one church. And then a few verses later, when we have this description of the early church that was fantastic, he says, all believers were together and had everything in so this togetherness is so important for encountering Jesus, raising disciples, releasing missionaries. Now the good thing is that even though there's 550 Eden churches, um, we have these two locations for Encounter Church, which when I first came here to be the pastor, I was really excited about, I can't believe this Sunday I've been around or here at 
two years ago. Oh. And then, although some of it was online, but it seems to have gone so quickly. Mm -hmm. Some of you might seem to have gone slowly. I can accept that. But it seems to have gone incredibly quickly. But we're so delighted of all the things that God has done and the new people that have come in. So some of the things we did together in 2022, to recap, we had 10 days of prayer in September. Uh, some of them at Sally Oak, some of them here at Weedy Castle. We walked around, praying around the area. We prayed uh, two or three times here in the church, sometimes at Sally Oak. It was wonderful to do that together. Once a month, we try and get together together to pray at the two locations. And the next one is on the 1st of February. And we love it when people from lo two, both locations get together to pray. We uh, have joint services together, together. We did on Good Friday and uh, had lunch right afterwards on the 1st of January, which was only two weeks ago. And many of you came over to Sally Oak only because it's bigger there. We wouldn't get anybody in here, but uh, that's why we do it. And some of you also came in. We opened it up for people to share testimonies from 2022. And it was great to have people from Weedy Castle and Sally Oak uh, share testimony of God's goodness. Rachel mentioned about safe families that are being we're supporting across the board to try and keep families together in our area. And I have to say, Weedy Castle, you're, you're really doing well on this. Uh, better than us at Sadio, you're really at the head of the game, but it's really good. We've done shoeboxes together. All spaces here, we try and support with uh, some people come over. And we've tried to supply tins of beans, loads of tins of beans. And I think our people have been good at that at Sadio, <laughs> providing tins of beans. So... Um, at the end of warm spaces, there might be some beans left. So, isn't that exciting? There we go. We packaged together uh, a lot of resources to send out to Ukraine. We did cap money course together, helping people with their finances. We're in Alpha together, uh, both locations. We're looking to do a day or weekend together later in the year. Probably be a day, but we'll keep in touch about that. Earlier in the year, um, last spring, we did this. Um, series 40 days of God's plan for our well-being some of you remember that and we covered that in 40 uh, sorry six Sundays God is so concerned about our well-being it's not just psychologists God's concerned about our well-being so it's really good to do that uh, have a connect group here and for us to join in uh, but I just wanted to mention just before I finish something that we're going to look to do this particular spring also lasting for 40 days there's a lot of 40s in the Bible, so mm. Rick Warren, he says, uh, a preacher in America, he says, doing something for 40 days really kind of impresses something upon you, helps you to pick something up, it's really encouraging, and it takes a certain amount of discipline. And so we're going to do something from February the 19th over both locations called 40 Days with Jesus. Now, in a sense, Jesus is with us all the time, we know that. Mm. But after the resurrection, there were six occasions when people... Or groups of people encountered the Lord Jesus, or He encountered them. And for over that 40 period, 40 days, from the 19th of February, over those six Sundays, we're going to be looking at each of those. And we're also, there's a, a book of devotions called 40 Days with Jesus. And for 40 days, it covers those particular um, encounters, what we can learn from those encounters. It's amazing, it's not just one type of encounter with the Lord Jesus, it's amazing mm -hmm. what he does when people encounter him. And that's the wonderful thing, you know, if, if you know, when Weedy Castle, when you're 100 in here, um, when doing worship, it's amazing that we encounter Jesus corporately, but it's amazing how God can encounter each of us individually as well, in a different way. It's amazing, mm -hmm. isn't it? There's so much to learn. So this, I've, I've already done most of this, and it is brilliant. 
So we're going to make this resource devotional account uh, available for us all to do at home, on our own, or with our families over that 40 days. So Rachel will say more about that um, over the next um, few weeks. So in this encounter with the Lord Jesus, the disciples were terrified because Jesus had been resurrected. The disciples were going to get blamed because they couldn't find the body. So they were hiding away. They are absolutely terrified. His first time that on a Sunday that they made, met and said, Jesus said, comes amongst them and says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. So you've had a lot of information this morning. Some of it might have gone in, some of it will be head, but intentionally, we want to fulfill the, the vision, the mission that God has got for us as an encounter church, to encounter Jesus, helping people to encounter Jesus, to grow and to make a real impact missionally as well. So uh, I'm going to invite us all to, to stand and to, I'll pray. Yeah, let's all stand. We've been encountering the Lord Jesus during the worship. And we want to pray now that... Uh, on a relatively start of this new year. So I want to pray and echo these words that Jesus says to us, peace be with you, a peace that the world cannot give. I pray that we'll know something of his life and the flow and presence of the Holy Spirit, even though we don't always feel him, that we can know that he is with us. And maybe the start of the new year, maybe you just want to raise your hands to him and say, Lord, I just want to... Um, in the receiving position, say, Lord, I receive your peace. I receive your Holy Spirit. Breathe on me afresh as we pray this morning. Lord, we do thank you for your presence with us. Thank you for your presence in this church. Thank you for your presence within our lives. Thank you that we can encounter you. And even though we don't always feel you, we, we trust and know that you're there. And there's times when you reveal yourself in special ways. And Lord, I pray for those that are just really thirsty to know you more, that this will be a good year for that. I pray it will be a good start of the year for mm. that. Lord, I pray for those that are just, circumstances might not change, but really could do with your peace at this moment in time. Mm. And Lord, we pray that that would flow to our friends, our brothers and sisters here in Christ, that mm. your peace would flow. Now, something of the joy and the hope that we have in you that is infinite. We bless you, Lord. And for those of us, Lord, you're saying, Lord, we just need that new zest of life. We, mm. You want to get going in life. Lord, we, we thank you that you said that you've come that we might have a life and have it in all its fullness. You have a purpose for us this year. But we know, Lord, we can do nothing without you mm. of your purpose. So, Lord, we pray that you flood our lives. That you, you know, as you said, you breathed on the Holy Spirit. We pray that you breathe on us. Mm. From week to week as we gather in our connect groups on our own, in youth work, warm spaces, Lord, we pray that you would breathe your life. We pray that you would breathe your life. Lord, we pray and help us to receive all that you've got for us this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.